want you to set your heart as I'm praying this morning, that your eyes would be open, your ears would be open, and your heart would be open to understand the kingdom. Because the Bible tells us that if we don't understand the kingdom, we can't receive the kingdom. So you can live as a born again believer and never live in victory because you don't understand what you're a part of. So let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. You are such a good God. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your favor. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for your wisdom, your favor, for your divine provision, protection that you have not left one area of our lives uncovered. And so we come to you today in expectation because here's what you told us. You told us that anytime we can see, hear, and understand that we would be converted and healed. And so, Father, we are putting a demand on Holy Spirit in our lives today to op- help us open our eyes to see what you see, to hear how what you're saying, to understand from a kingdom perspective so that we can be the examples in the earth realm of your goodness and that we can manifest your kingdom so your name is glorified. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I'm a, I'm a mess. I'm, I'm going to tweak a, say, a saying that we have. We usually say somebody's going to get blessed today. It might as well be me. Today, I want you to say someone's going to get understanding. It is me. Amen. Someone's going to Someone's going to get understanding. It is me. Someone's going to be changed today. Mm-hmm. Someone is not going to get off this broadcast the way they got on. It's going to be me. Amen. I need you to say someone is going to get understanding today. It's me. It's me. Take that by faith. Amen. 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 All right. So let's jump into today's teaching. You can see the title of today's message scrolling at the bottom of your screen. It is understanding kingdom prosperity through the eyes of the covenant or the eyes of God's covenant. And we've been talking about this for two uh, consecutive weeks. So we won't spend a lot of time recapping all the things we said. We're going to recap three main points. And then we're going to jump right into today's teaching because I'm, I told that show when we were walking this week. I'm excited about this teaching. Uh, I was excited about the teaching on Wednesday. I think it goes hand in hand with this. Um, You know, I've been saying to you for at least since May 31st uh, that the Lord said that we as his people need to be prepared for what's coming. Uh, And and it's interesting now because now if you've been paying attention, you start to hear these economists who are saying the same thing. And they're basing all of their information off of data. They're basing it off of trends. They're basing it off of history. But I'm telling you, when God speaks, he's basing it off of heaven. And he knows what's coming and he wants his people to be prepared. And that is the reason uh, that you find the enemy uh, during this time fighting so hard to keep people from even turning on the broadcast, from even getting on and listening. Why? Because he wants their ears to become dull of hearing because he doesn't want them to hear the very word designed to rescue them. But it won't Mm. be so for us. Mm. It won't be so for Mm. us. We will hear God's word. We will receive God's word. We will do God's word and we will live out. God's word. And I'm telling you, it's going to be better on the other side for us, even though it may be very, very bad for some in this next season. But it won't be for us because we see, hear and understand. I love that. I love that. I love that. So let's talk real quick about this. This recap real quick. We said there were three reasons why God blesses his people. And I've been saying this so much over and over and over and over and over when we walk uh, that it may it may get tiresome to some. But it's just true. Here are the three reasons that God blesses us. 
Jesus. Number one, God wants to establish his covenant. God is not a seed consumer, but he is a seed multiplier. God wants his covenant that he made with Abraham, the same covenant that he had with David and the new covenant that he ratified with Jesus Christ to be active in our lives. Mm -hmm. It is for us, but it's also for the kingdom. He wants to establish his covenant in our lives. Deuteronomy 8 and 18 says, remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you the power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant that he confirmed to your ancestors and he confirmed it with an oath. In other words, God made a promise. So he blesses us so that his promise to us can mm -hmm. continue to live on for generations mm -hmm. and generations. Mm -hmm. Number two, we said that he wants to promote his kingdom. God wants his kingdom. There's only two of them, right? Is the kingdom of heaven and it's the kingdom of darkness. He says, I want my kingdom to prevail. Yes. And in order to do that, I set up the system that I need you. Now, he did need us, but he set the system up to need us. Yes. And the reason he set the system up to need us is so that we got the benefit of being blessed in his system. Yeah. That's a good God right there. Today is Father's God. Day. That's a good, good father. A good, good <laughs> so he father. wants to promote his kingdom. The primary reason God wants us to prosper is for the gospel of Jesus Christ. He wants the gospel to be spread everywhere. There's putting God and the interests of the kingdom First, first in our financial stewardship. It is what gets us in the realm of financial fortune. I said this the other day, when you're in the kingdom, if you try to be an owner, you're just seen as a rebel. But if you are in the kingdom and you understand stewardship, you understand what a privilege it is to get to steward everything that your father has. Man, I wondered how long it was going to take you to say that in today's <laughs> message. I think that's the most profound thing. And I really want you to think about it because everybody wasn't on Wednesday night service. Mm -hmm. Right. But you were talking to me. Um, I think before we were getting ready to go walk one morning, you said, here's what the Lord told me. The Lord told me that in the kingdom, anyone who tries to be an owner is seen as a rebel. Yep. And if you go back and you actually begin to look at some of those and, th and that word rebel, it's not like we think of a rebel in the Q way. It's rebellion. It's rebellion. And the Bible says rebellion is as witchcraft. Right. Now, for years, we've said God owns everything and we own nothing. Mm -hmm. And that is the position of stewardship. Yep. Right. But if you look through the Gospels, you will see that many times Jesus actually speaks of this speech, this speech, this stewardship principle. He talks about how there the, uh, uh, um, a um a owner would give people um goods, talents, mm -hmm. to, and then leave them with them to see what they were going to mm -hmm. do with them. And when they didn't manage them well, that he comes back and he takes from the one who doesn't manage yep. well and gives to others. And I thought it was such a profound thing. To, and I really want you guys to think about that. How much of your own life are you trying to own? Mm -hmm. You're trying to own your money. You're trying to own your career. You're trying yep. to own all of these things in yep. your life. And God sees that as rebellion yep. because in his in his kingdom, mm -hmm. he's the he's the owner of everything, and he gives us the opportunity to steward. And what determines whether we can steward more is what we do with the little. Yeah, and, and, and the reality of it is, is we say we lay down our life, right? Yes. We actually say we give our life to Christ. Well, if you give your life to Christ, you don't own it anymore. So then he gets to determine your behaviors and actions and what you're supposed to do. And so this idea about ownership is just so important because remember, he gives us three reasons for why he blesses us. One, so he can establish his covenant. covenant. Two, so he can promote his, he, so he can promote the kingdom, right? That's why Matthew 6, 33 says, seek the kingdom of God above first, all else. First, or seek it first, first. and live righteous 
generously and he will give you everything you need. Why? Because him promoting his kingdom is in essence promoting you because you give your life to the kingdom. So when he promotes the kingdom, in essence, he promotes your life. And then we said, number three, the last thing he wants to do is he wants to bless humanity through you. And this is the thing that we get to be the beneficiary of. We get to be people, glory to God, who get to be a blessing to other people. Yeah. You know, we talk about that thing called the giver's high, right? Well, it really is a thing called the giver's high, that when you help people and you assist people and you do things to, to better them and you do it from a place of not, oh, look at what I did, but because you genuinely want to help people, there is a good feeling that comes with that. The same thing is true from the father. That's where we got that from. As good as you feel when you help somebody, that's how good God feels when he blesses us. He says, so I want to be a blessing to you so that you can be a blessing to someone else. Amen. I'm going to feel good Amen. blessing you. Amen. And I want you to reciprocate and have that same feeling when you get to bless somebody else. Amen. It's why the Bible says in Genesis 12 and 3, he says, I will bless those who bless you, but I will curse those who treat you with contempt. He said, all the families of the earth will be blessed. How? Through you. And then Genesis 22, 17 and 18 says, I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sand of the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. I love verse 18. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. He's talking about us. When he told Abraham to go out and look at the sun, I mean, to look at the, at the, at the sand on the sea or look at the stars, he said, if you can number those, you can number your descendants. And we know he couldn't. So we're part of that lineage. When we get born again, we get grafted into that. That's so so part of my covenant relationship with God is I'm supposed to be blessed so that I can what? Be, be a, blessed. a blessing. And so those were the three things from our recap that we talked about the last couple of weeks. And now we get to get into the meat of the matter. We get to get into the meat. So one of the things that we really want you guys to understand is that you cannot pray prosperity in. Oh, come on. Say that again. You cannot pray prosperity in. Please put that in the comments. I see so many people who are praying for increase. Mm -hmm. You cannot pray for financial increase. If you haven't participated in the covenant to get increase. Yes. And so from scripture, we understand that prosperity in the kingdom doesn't answer to fasting. Mm -hmm. It doesn't answer to prayer in the kingdom. Prosperity only answers to our understanding and practice of covenant details. I like that understanding and, and practice because you can understand something and not do it. Mm -hmm. But you got to you can't just intellectualize this. You got to understand it and practice. I like that. So the Bible says in Deuteronomy 8 and 18, it says, but thou shall remember the Lord thy God for it is he that giveth thee power to get mm -hmm. wealth. I love this because if you read this scripture, he it doesn't say he gave you power to pray for wealth. Mm. It said he gave you power to get wealth mm -hmm. that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. It's so important that we understand this. What we are selling our jobs, mm. our careers, yes. or the business we are in is not what determines our prosperity in the kingdom My of God. God. I'm going to say that again. Uh, it's not what, it's we're, not selling. what we're selling. It's not our job. Not job. It's not our careers. Not career. It's not the businesses that we are not in that business. determines our prosperity wow. in the kingdom. Yes. Well, what is it then? It is the light. The revelation, the understanding mm -hmm. under which we operate in concerning God's covenant that will determine the results we get. So what I hear you saying is that I can have a covenant, but if I don't understand what's in the covenant and I don't practice my responsibilities for the covenant, even though I can have a whole inheritance, I'm not able to access it. 
That's exactly what I'm saying. And what's really sad is that we were talking about this scripture. It's not in the scriptures for today, right. I don't I think. But we were talking yep. about the scripture in Galatians where it says, though you are an heir, yes. as long as you are a child, yes. you are still subject to tutors and people who tell you what to do. Mm. And so when we don't grow up and take the time, the, that in Matthew 6 and 33, it actually is telling us. This is really what it says. It says, seek the kingdom. Mm -hmm. If you stop and think about that, guys, every kingdom has a way that it mm -hmm. operates. Mm -hmm. So it says, seek the kingdom. Learn how God operates. Y'all yep. put that in the comments. Say it's up to because me. Because seeking the kingdom is not seeking God. It, it, you're once you know God, now you need to know how his kingdom works. Now you need to know how his kingdom yes. operates. It's seek the kingdom. Learn how God works. Mm. Learn how learn how the kingdom operates. Now this just makes That's sense. why I like that one translation that says seek the kingdom above all else. Yes. I mean ab ab above above how the world works, above how the network, above how to make connections. He says seek the kingdom above all else first. And this is what I love. God is so smart and he's so mindful of us. He knows we would never find the kingdom without help. Mm. So he gives us the Holy Spirit. He it. gives us the Holy Spirit. It. He knows I we couldn't it. figure it out by ourselves. Yeah. So he gives us the Holy Spirit. But when Matthew 6 and 33 tells us to seek the kingdom first, it is saying, learn how God operates. Mm. And sometimes where people really mess up, babe, is that they believe that because they know someone, mm. Because they know someone, and I used the example last week, I have a, a law degree. Some of my friends have gone, grown up now and they're judges. Mm -hmm. I would never go in their court and yell out and call them by their first name. Right. If I went into their court or if I saw them in their official capacity, even if I saw them with in their official capacity outside of the courtroom, mm -hmm. I would refer to them as judge so-and-so. Right, right. Why? Because that is the protocol of the kingdom. And sadly for many people, because they only see God, uh, it's interesting because most people don't see God in the totality that he is. Mm -hmm. For example, people see Jesus as, as Savior, mm -hmm. but they don't see him as, as Lord. Lord. Right. People see God as Father, but they don't see him as King. Mm -hmm. And then when you don't see him as King, you don't understand like one of the most interesting things when they talked about like um Meghan Markle and her and her and her husband was how she had to engage the queen. Mm -hmm. There was a certain way and you could go, oh well that's his granddaughter. That's it, that's his that's her grandson. That's her granddaughter. But there is still a protocol. And as gracious as God is to us, there is still a protocol. And when we don't follow that protocol, we don't get the benefits. And in truth, it's the reason so many believers are they're like, why isn't this working yep. for me? It's because they have rejected the knowledge of how the kingdom works and they're in the God's court calling him by his first name wondering why nobody in the court is responding and, and to so, them. And so much of that is that they actually have in some cases been taught wrong. You know, I said this on Wednesday night and I'm a firm believer of it. I believe that uh, you know, people talk about the prosperity gospel and it gets dispersed a lot. And I understand why it does. But the truth of the matter is the gospel is prosperity. Yes. I mean, it, it, it's, it's the too good to be true. Good news. So 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 when I think of prosperity gospel, I always try to think of it in terms of kingdom prosperity, kingdom prosperity. not just money, because there's so much more than just money when you're talking about kingdom prosperity. And so let, let's define for them what kingdom prosperity really is. So, I love so that. we are working from the right. Right definition. All right. So kingdom prosperity is the ability to use the power of God to meet any need, mm. spiritual, mental, physical, financial, and social. Mm -hmm. Kingdom prosperity 
is the ability to use the power of God to meet any need, spiritual, Jesus came for salvation, mm -hmm. mental, he said he would be our peace, physical, he said he would renew our youth, mm -hmm. financial, he said he would cause us to prosper, and social, he said he would give us people for our lives. Yes. It is the ability to use the power of God to meet, to meet any, any, any need, any need, any need. Any need. So, 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 if I have a social need and I use the power of God to meet that, that's prosperity. That's prosperity. If I'm sick in my body and I need healing, and 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 I, and I believe for healing, e even before it shows up in my manifested body, I'm prosperous in my body. Amen. And because I'm prosperous in my body, before I'm prosperous in my body, I, I'm prosperous in my body. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so all of those, I just love that definition because it is the power of God to meet any need. Well, it's beautiful because what he says to us, he says, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and adds, no, add sorrow. no sorrow. It adds no it. sorrow. Now in the world, sometimes you can go after a goal and, and you go after the goal and you get the goal. But you, how many times do you see someone gets famous, they lose their marriage. Yep. Someone gets yep. this, they get yep. the money, but they lose their health. God says, my prosperity is total life. Y'all put total life in the comments. Like it's total life. Yep. He is going to address every single issue with us. Yep. He addressed our spiritual issue with Jesus and every other issue is going to be found in the kingdom. And so what we need to do is throw down our world's way of doing things and learn how to come into the kingdom of God. Because when we do, when we learn how to operate in the kingdom of God, we will have enough of God's supply that's to it. meet every need. That's it. That's come on, it. that's kingdom good. Kingdom prosperity is all about having enough of God's supply to complete every instruction he gives us. Every instruction. It, whatever, whatever God tells us to do. And we know that God tells us to do different things. So my prosperity may look different than yours. Yes. Even though we're married, our prosperity, because I don't, I don't run a business like you do. You need, there are certain instructions he'll give you for your business. And when you do them, you become prosperous in your business. But when he gives me certain instructions in my career and I do those, I become prosperous in that area. So prosperity is not a one size fit all, but it comes from one person. Oh yes. 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 And so we need to understand that kingdom wealth, mm -hmm. this total life, wealth, total life, prosperity. this total yes. life prosperity it is our heritage as heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Mm, that's what Chris was singing it this morning. Is, it, it's our <laughs> heritage, right? Yes. But how is it accessed? It is accessed through the covenant. And we really want to push mm, in on that. Yes. You are not going to get around the covenant in the kingdom mm -hmm. of God. You're not going to get around the covenant in the kingdom of God. For example, let because we say it's total life mm -hmm. and we don't want to just talk about money, right? right? The Bible says that if you have a health issue, that the word is your answer. Mm -hmm. Because the Bible says that the word is life and health yes. to all to who all. find it. To, to all. all who find yes. it. So it's not telling us that we don't need a doctor. It's not telling us that we don't need a therapist. Come on. It's telling us that we should be seeing the doctor, seeing the therapist, seeing the coach in conjunction with the word of healing that we've already received. Yes. So when in actuality, when I go to the doctor, I am not expecting the doctor to heal me. Mm -hmm. It's the word that heals me. I am expecting God to give the doctor the insight he needs to be able to treat me properly mm -hmm. and 
and for me to have the wisdom to know that when they aren't treating me properly, to recognize, to be able to hear. Yep. And I used the example with you just yesterday, which is how when they kept saying something was wrong with my gallbladder yep. and the Holy Spirit kept telling me there is nothing wrong with your gallbladder. He gave me power and he gave me specific instruction. The specific instruction he gave me was to go to another hospital in the next city over and to not tell to not them, tell them to not to tell, not tell them, them that I had been to yep. the emergency room for this yep. before. Yep. I am in the hospital room. The guy is the physician is examining me. He says, I think it's your gallbladder. Let me check on something. He walks out of the room before the door can close. He pushes it back. He goes, wait a minute. Have you had a baby in the last the Lord year? Lord downloaded that to him. Have you had a baby in the last year? I said, yes, I had a baby like five months ago. He says, I know exactly what's wrong with you. In labor, your intestines can be turned and it can create pain when your bowels are trying to move. I said, what do we have to do to fix it? He says, all you have to do is take some Metamucil. Yep. Take some Metamucil. So he's talking to me and I begin to say to him, they wanted to take my gallbladder out. He says, that's what I thought we were going to have to do too. He said, but let me tell you something. If we had taken your gallbladder out, yep. you would have still been yep. in pain. That was the release of total life prosperity yep. because as I was- It had nothing to do with money. It had nothing to do with money, but it was total, total life, prosperity life prosperity because I tapped into the power of God yep. to get the solution that I needed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. You know, the, the, and the, here's the thing. When we talk about kingdom prosperity, and I said this on Wednesday, and I'll continue to say this as we teach through this lesson, everything we need has already been given to us. Yes. You know, I used to just hear the scripture that says everything, he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. But I got a new revelation on it when we start, when he said to me that everything that he has for us has been put in entrustment. Literally, he puts everything that pertains to life and godliness. You, the information you needed to not have your gallbladder removed and to still be suffering from the pain of your intestines being turned was in your trust. You Ooh, accessed it by, by, faith. by faith, by faith, and by and by being in connection with the covenant. And so, as a result, the Lord downloads information to a man who may or may not even be in relationship with him, but he did it for you because it was yours in a trust. And he does whatever he Ooh. needs to do to get to us what's in our entrustment. So my financial provision is in a trust. It is. Everything you need. My, is, It's all in a trust. Those houses that you're believing for is already in a trust for you. It's, it's, it's being held in the trust. And when something is being held in the trust, somebody else can't get it. It's the reason why when you have a business that you establish a trust and you put your resources in a trust. So if somebody sues you, they, they, they can sue you, but they can't get your stuff because it's protected in the trust. The enemy can't get your stuff because it's in the trust. But the same is true. You can't get your stuff if you're not following the covenant. That's so good because we, you know, in church, we like a lot of cliches. We do. And what we say is, well, nobody can take what's for me. But you can't even take what's you for you if you don't it. access the trust. That's right. So no one else is going to get what's set aside for you, but you aren't going to get what's set aside Absolutely. for you. And there is so much goodness in the trust. You don't want to live your life not partaking in that goodness when you could just learn to do it God's way. Which is why we say the platform for wealth. If you want to talk about kingdom prosperity, and when we say wealth, we don't just mean money. We're talking about being wealthy in your health, wealthy in your social uh 
environment, wealthy in your physical body, but the, the platform for wealth is released through God's covenant with man and it's based on man's connection to the covenant. Mm -hmm. That's what we're just saying. You gotta be connected to the covenant. It's so important to understand that because when we step into agreement with the covenant that God has established for us, that's when we begin to encounter that power we said that was necessary to get everything that's contained in that covenant. Wealth, health, healing, uh, so you know, uh, uh, promotion on our job, whatever you can think of, this pertains to life, and God, God has that for us. You know, and and so what I hear you saying is that we make it harder than it has to be. I agree. Absolutely. We make it harder than it has to be because instead of just finding out God's way, we're out here toiling. Trying, and and this is really, if we're honest, this is really what we do. God gives us a word that wealth and riches should be in our house. Mm -hmm. And instead of us saying, God, what do you want me to do? We start looking around trying to figure out how to make it happen. Yes. And then when wisdom comes that says, hey, we need you to tithe. We need wisdom is speaking to you. Wisdom is saying, hey, I need you to tithe. Hey, I need you to be a sower. Hey, I need you to be a person of financial integrity. You go, no, 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 that ain't the way. Yep. That ain't the way. But you're over here. And so then what happens is you think your prayers it's very important that we understand this, guys. Your prayers do not cancel your responsibility to work. They don't. They do not cancel disobedience. I cannot totally ignore the instructions God has given me, right? This, this kingdom covenant, right? And then think I can pray my way into prosperity when I have ignored the instructions he has given me. Because... It's not just praying or fasting that connects you to the covenant. You're connect. It's like this in a trust. A trust is established that says, hey, you get X from the trust as long as X takes place. Well, the same thing is true with the covenant. There are certain things that we are held to in That's order to good. access what's in that trust. So kingdom prosperity is not just a promise. It is a promise, but it's a promise to those who are connected to the covenant. It is a covenant. It, it is, it is, it's, it's something that we practice, not just something we can just pray for. Oh, no, I like it. The covenant is not just something we pray for. We actually have to practice, practice. it. We have to, in other yes. words, we got to participate yes. in our own rescue. Yes. That means when we see what God has for us, we have to participate in our own rescue, which goes back to what we were saying yep. last week, which is there are people out there that when they sow $20, that's significant mm -hmm. for them because right. that's all they have. Yep. There are other people that you have had the opportunity to increase and you are not, you're no longer giving by faith. When you're no longer giving by faith, you're not practicing the mm -hmm. covenant anymore. Mm -hmm. You're now treating your giving as though it's just a bill. And here's what here's what most people have <laughs> done, and they probably don't realize it, because I've been guilty of it in the past. But when you get revelation, the Bible says that anytime you can see here and understand, you should be what? Converted. Converted or changed into the very word that you heard. So here's the thing. What people have often done is they spent time chasing after the covenant calling it prayer and fasting. Mm. Nothing wrong with prayer and fasting, but we don't chase after the covenant. We enter into the covenant. Say more about that. We don't chase when, when, when you're chasing something, you you're 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 going after it because you're thinking it's eluding you. 
So when we're praying, sometimes people are praying, God, I need you to help me. God, I need you to come. God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to do that. Well, I'm going to fast for, I'm going to fast for 10 days and, and, and that way I'm going to get God to move. And God's like, you don't have to do all that. This already belongs to you. Just do what I told you to do. Prayer is just communication. It's just me and you talking. It's just us having a conversation. It, it, it's not supposed to be this thing that you do in order to chase me down and try to get my attention. You, you, you don't fat. That, that's what the Pharisees and the Sadducees were doing. They were doing things that's trying really to good. be religious. It is not something that we chase down. It's just something we step into. We, we step, step into. into the covenant. God made it, and then we step into it. And the covenant is so strong and so secure that, that, that we have to understand that when we step into it, the enemy can't come and pull us out of it. I love what the Bible says in Psalms 89 and 34. In Psalms 89 and 34, he says, my covenant will I not break. He says, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. So when God makes a promise, that covenant is there whether we're in it or not. Mm. That covenant doesn't dissipate. It doesn't mm. disappear. It doesn't diminish. It doesn't lose its power. That covenant that God made with Abraham, the one he made with, 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 with David, the one that Jacob and Isaac lived off of, that same covenant is the same covenant that, that, is, that still exists today. It's just as powerful. That's he good. says, my covenant, I will not break it. Nor and, alter the nor, thing. Nor alter the thing that came out. So if I told you there's prosperity in the covenant, it's still there. I don't care what this Babylonian economic system looks like. It's still there. How do we know? Because that's what he was impressing upon Jeremiah. When you look at Jeremiah 33, this is scripture I was asking you about the other day because I couldn't find it. I was like, I know it's in Jeremiah and I, I need to get back to it. When he says in Jeremiah 33, 20 and 21, he says, this is what the Lord says. Now, we, we're clear on who's talking here. He says, if you can break my covenant. Now, God said, I'm not going to break it. He said, but if you can break my covenant that I have with the day and the night, so that one does not follow the other. He said, if you can make it such <laughs> that daytime doesn't follow nighttime, that follows daytime, that follows nighttime. He says, only then will my covenant with my servant David be broken. And that covenant he made with, with David is the same covenant he had with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's the same covenant we have today. He says, only then will he no longer have a descendant to reign on his throne. He says the same is true for my covenant with the Levitical priests who minister before me. He literally says, he says, understand the only way you're going to break my, he says, the only way I'm going to break my covenant is if you can break my covenant. He says, if you got the power to make it so that the covenant I have with day and the covenant I have with night don't follow each other. He says, okay, then maybe my covenant will be broken. He says, but let's be sure I will never break my covenant nor alter the thing that came out of my mouth. And, you know, that's why the teaching Ralph did on the love of God is so important mm -hmm. because many people, they feel like God has abandoned them when in truth you didn't follow the instructions yes, to get the access. Because a covenant is like a contract. They're, 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 and within a contract, both parties have duties and responsibilities. And any time that one of those parties don't uphold the contract, it's called a breach of contract. When you breach the contract, it means everything that was contained in the contract for you, you now forfeit. Well, and here's the thing. That God loves you even if you breach the contract. Even if you breach the contract. And what we see a lot is people making the argument about God's loving them. God loving us is settled. It's that's settled. A, it's, it's settled. That's it. it is absolutely yes. settled. But that does not mean that we don't have the responsibility. How do you operate in covenant with God? Through obedience. Mm -hmm. Through obedience. How God says, God literally says this. It's our favorite thing. 
He says, if you do this, mm -hmm. then I will do this. Here's a great example. He says, if you will bring me the tithe, yep. I will open the windows of heaven over you mm -hmm. and I will pour you out an empowerment, not stuff. I will give you an empowerment that you won't even be able to keep all the stuff I'm giving to yep. you. There is no promise of an open heaven until the tithe is there. Right. You get into the covenant of the tithe, the law, this law that of, of supernatural increase when God gives us an instruction and we say yes and amen. Yep, amen. It's like, how do people get saved? You don't get saved just because you go, oh, I'm saved now. He says, if you want to be saved, here's what you have to do. You have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus died on the cross for your sins yep. and that he is the Lord of your life. Yep. You just saying, I know Jesus exists doesn't make you say it's if you do this then I will do this now here's the thing because the covenant can get really personal there are these you remember that thing you said when we were teaching last time you said um how did you say it um that basically there are these things that belong to all of us and then there are unique things do you uh -huh. remember you saying yeah, that? I was saying that basically <clears throat> through God's covenant he he leads us or guides us universally through universally his word, but then he leads us uniquely through his word as well because it's a there's a universal system for all of us it's the word of God but Holy Spirit uniquely guides us individually so sometimes people are disappointed mm -hmm. because they have ignored the unique instruction yep. that God gave them specific yep. instructions that's just like this we gave some people instructions last week Go out and ride and look for a house. Yep. Now, if you didn't go out and ride and look for a house, then you're not following the instruction that would get you to the next step. Right. Somebody, there were people who didn't have a dime and they went out and rode. Yep. There were people who said, I already rode. I'm not riding no more. There were people who were rode and we was leaving out the parking lot. And you got a text me. They said, hey, we're going to ride again. We rode yesterday, but we riding again with yes. this new identity. Yes. Yes. In fact, one of our friends sent us a message and said, hey, we rode yesterday, but we didn't say we would be back. So you know what we got to do? We got to ride again and be back. Because they had went to this big neighborhood and saw these big houses, like, wow, that's really, really big. But they were like, you know what? We went back to that same neighborhood and we told some of those houses, we'll be back. We'll be back. It is important for us to understand that God is a covenant keeping God. Yes. Everybody say that. Say God is a covenant keeping God. God is a covenant keeping God. Yes, God always yes. keeps his yes. word. Yes. God always keeps his word. I love it. So if I ever don't have God's word, mm. I did not keep my end mm -hmm. of the covenant. Yes. 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 Now you can get upset. You can say it's not fair. But if I ever don't have my part, if, if I say to you, babe, today is Father's mm -hmm. Day and I bought you a Panamera Porsche mm -hmm. and I need you to meet me at this dealership yes, at two o'clock. Yes, ma'am. And you don't come. I'll be there. And then now you on Facebook talking about my wife lied mm -hmm. to me and said that she was mm -hmm. going to give me a car. And then, but I said, babe, I told you to be there at two o'clock. He was like, well, it's, well, it was hot at two o'clock. <laughs> I didn't want to come. And this sounds so simple to us yep. in the natural. Yep. But many times God will say, apply for the job. God will say, go back to school. God will say, sow this seed. God will say, do this. And then what we say is, I don't want to do that. And then we turn our back to the prayer wall and say, you know what, God, I really need you to bless me. I really need you to help me financially. But the listen, your provision was always in the instruction. Yeah, always. Your provision was always yeah. in the always. instruction. Yep. God is so good. Y'all ought to share this broadcast. God is so good. He knows what we're going to need before we need it.
He, he, one time I was asking the Holy Spirit about something that didn't happen the way I thought it should happen. And I specifically remember I was asking him, you know, like why this didn't happen. And, you know, I was believing for this and blah, blah, blah. And here's what he told me. He said, every promise God makes to you is secure forever. He said, the only variable is you. He's like, he's like, if, if God says something, that's it. He said, the only variable in the equation is you. He said, so if it didn't work out the way you thought, it ain't God. It's you. Go back and check the variable, you know, because the great thing about the variable is it can change. He said, so if you didn't do it right last time, you can do this different next time. Just ask God. And I literally went back and asked God about it, did some things different. The very thing I was believing for came to pass. And you know what's so beautiful? Now, here's a scripture you can tie to this, right? Mm -hmm. You're We're the variable. Yep. And there are times we miss it. Yep. But here's a promise the Bible makes that he will redeem the time. He will. So the moment I come into obedience, yep. God will put me back where I would have been yep. had, I, had, that's I, not, what had I not missed it. No, guys, do y'all hear that? So there are times we we don't we, that we were ignorant. Yep. We didn't have understanding. Yep. We were rebellious. We were stubborn. We were afraid. But the moment, the somebody moment. say the moment, the moment, the moment yeah, I moment. come back into agreement with him, he redeems the time by putting me where I would have been had I not been afraid yep. to follow him the first time. Yep. So for those of you who you didn't get the house because you gave up, you didn't get the job because you applied twice and you got discouraged, you didn't do this. This is what you need to do. What do you need to do right now? Repent. Yep. God, I'm sorry. I'm coming back into the covenant. And now I'm going to follow your instruction because the moment I begin to follow your instruction, whole, um, wholeness is released. Yep. Answers are released. Yep. Angels are released. Let me tell you what I can see right now. I can literally see that there are angels whose arms are full of stuff. That they're ready to release, mm. but we just wouldn't participate. Mm. We we didn't participate. They they they're the Bible says he's giving us given angels to help minister to us yep. to bring his will to pass. So we begin to pray for things, and literally God raises up people, angels, supernatural, whatever. And literally, what happens is because we got discouraged because we didn't trust God fully, we quit. But the moment somebody, this is some of the, some of you, this is the your moment, turnaround. The moment. Some of this, this is your turnaround. Listen, I'm prophesying to you. There was somebody you were supposed to apply for a promotion and you didn't do it because you didn't feel like you were qualified. If you will be faithful in applying for the promotion, even if that means applying 15, 20 times, 15, 20 different companies, when you get the promotion, it will be the salary that you should have had if you had moved in accordance mm -hmm. with him. That's why the, that's why I like the, when the psalmist says in Psalms 27, 13 and 14, I would have fainted. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Listen, we all miss God sometimes. We all blow it sometimes. We all sometimes move too soon or we move too slow or we move to the left when we're supposed to go right and we move right when we're supposed to go left. But at the end of the day, if I am connected to the covenant, I will see God's promises. Yes. Because God will not break his covenant, nor will he alter the thing that has gone out of his mouth. I would have fainted. Had I had I not believed that to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Somebody ought to just prophesy to themselves right now. I will see the goodness of I the God, of God in this lifetime. In this lifetime. I will see the goodness of God 
in not this just some sweet lifetime. by and by. Not when I get to heaven, and I'm going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Why? The scripture says, "Wait on the Lord." And, and while I'm waiting, do what? Be, Be of good courage, courage, and He shall do what? Strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. This is so important that people understand, though. When it says wait on the Lord, it don't mean sit and do nothing. No. Here it is means one. to be an eager expectation. Eager expectation, and it means consistency. Yes. Many times God tells us to do something. We do it one or two times, yep. and we think we don't get results, and then we cave in and quit. Yep. Here is the best instruction I can give you. You need to learn to obey God and keep doing what he told you to do mm -hmm. until he tell you to do something mm -hmm. else. So if it takes you a year, if it takes you two years, and here's the thing. I remember a friend saying this years ago when it was about potty training, right? She was saying, we can really rush trying to potty train our kids. And she was like, but here's the reality. Have you ever seen a kid that got potty trained and then they was unpotty trained? Right. Right. So she was like, sometimes it may take longer than we thought it was going to take. But if we will wait, if yep. we will be consistent, if we will keep showing up, then when it shows up, it will be all we wanted and more mm -hmm. because God redeems the time. All we have to do is step into the covenant. We have to step into the covenant. That's it. That's it. I'm going to say it again. How do you step in the covenant? You got to be obedient. Mm -hmm. You have to do the thing he tells you to do. And there are two places that I see big disobedience. I see people who are either trying to work the world system and they're going to get the right job, have the right resume, connect with the right people, but they're not going to participate in the kingdom finances part. Mm -hmm. Or I see people who want to participate in the kingdom finances part, but they won't do the other stuff yeah. God told them to do. Yeah. So yes, you tithe and yes, you sow. But when God gives you specific instructions, you don't follow them. Everybody put this in the comment. Say, do all the stuff he said. Do all the stuff he said. Do all the stuff he said. Because Ecclesiastics tell us this. It tells us to sow our seed yeah. and to work. Because yeah. we don't know which way he's going to bring the harvest. Yeah. But we know if we do both. Harvest is coming, Amen. right? So again, we don't mean to sound we it is sounds counterintuitive, and we don't mean to confuse you. But you cannot just pray you and fast pray into fast. fast into the covenant. You, you have to do what you have. To, now, I want to give you an example where prayer and fasting does work in the covenant. Once I have done what God has told me to do. I can use the power of prayer and the power of fasting to break open what already belongs to mm -hmm. me. I can use it then. God has said, this is my five to one season. I am obeying God, but the job isn't breaking open. I am applying, but it's not breaking open. But again, the fasting is not designed to move God. It's not designed the to move God. The fasting is designed to, to discipline you so that you can wait on God. So that, so that in tough times, you can have eager expectations. So that in tough times, you can have consistency. So that when things are going haywire and it looks like it's not going to come to pass, you don't lose your mind. Fasting is for you. God's already done everything he's going to do. He's already put everything you need in trust. All you need to do is to be able to stand firm on his word. The enemy's job is to push you off the off the word. It's like when we were kids, we used to play this game called King of the Hill. And you would be up on top of this little mound and everybody would come around and try to push you off. You had to be looking all around. You had to be ready to because you didn't want somebody to knock you off the hill. The enemy wants to knock you off the hill. Fasting and prayer keeps you on the hill. It That's keeps good. you on That's the heel. And the way, the, and, and it's so important because 
Entering in this covenant is about a heart condition. You talked about mm. obeying God. Entering into the covenant is not about laboring. It's just about your heart. We see this in Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 12. <clears throat> and we see it in Second Chronicles 15 and 15. But I want to look at verse 12 first. It says, and they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. They had these enemies coming against them. And it says they didn't know what to do. So what did they do? They entered into covenant to seek the Lord. And then verse 15 says, all in Judah were happy about this covenant. It says, for they had entered into it with what? All of their heart. They entered into it. They went in saying, God, basically, it's like we use, it's like we say with our spiritual parents. When If we have a disagreement and we say, okay, we can't settle this, we have spiritual parents that we go to. Before we ever go to them, we have decided that their word is the final answer on it. Because if it wasn't, we shouldn't have went to them in the first place. If we should have just solved it ourselves. But if we couldn't solve it, then what they give us is the final answer. We go into it with all of our heart. That's how they entered into this covenant That's with really God. Good. It says they entered into it with all of their heart. They earnestly sought after God. And guess what? They, they found, found him. Anytime, because no man comes to Jesus, no man comes to God and doesn't receive what he's seeking. He says that they earnestly sought after God and they found him and the Lord gave them what? Rest from their enemies. How? On every side. On every I was side. just talking about King he of the, the hill. hill. He gives you rest from every side. That's the reason I'm praying. That's the reason I'm fasting because I'm staying in the hill. The thing he's promised me, the covenant, it was established before I was ever born. That's it's good. been in trust for me forever. God's covenant will always prevail. When when you're reading that scripture, this is just the thing I thought about. It says they earnestly sought earnestly. after God, mm -hmm. not the thing. Not the thing. They didn't earnestly seek after the victory. Because they the victory was in the covenant. Because the they sought after God. Yes. And maybe that's the frustration sometimes. We're earnestly seeking the promotion. Mm -hmm. We're earnestly seeking the house. Yep. We're earnestly seeking the new salary. Yep. We aren't earnestly seeking God. Mm -hmm. But look at what it says. When they earnestly sought God. Now, this is the Old Testament, but yes. the New Testament says it like this. It says, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall, you, you shall, be, shall be. So it says, when they earnestly sought after God, they found they it. Found it. So when I feel like God is eluding me, mm -hmm. then maybe it's because I'm not actually seeking God. I'm so actually ask, seeking something else. You have to ask the question, what am I really seeking? What am I really seeking? Because God is not elusive. God, God, God is not hide, playing hide and seek with his children. God is even here's how good God is. Even when Adam and Eve sinned, he still showed up. He still showed up in the afternoon. He showed up at the same time and looked for them. He said, where are y'all? Have y'all heard y'all say? I'm consistent. I said I'm going to show up in the afternoon with you. It wasn't based on your behavior. I'm going to show up because it's part of my covenant. So where are you? You're the variable. I'm just thinking, though, because I got a big imagination, right? Mm -hmm. How many times is God looking for us? Yeah. And because we aren't actually looking for him, we feel like he's not answering us because in reality, we're really looking for the thing. We're not looking for him. Right. But if we would look for so he him, seems elusive, he seems elusive. Right. He's and, and the truth of it is he seems like he's not answering because we're talking about a thing and he's talking to us. Yep. And so but if I earnestly seek after God, this is so beautiful. It says he we aren't they earnestly sought after God 
they found him. And when they found him, he gave them rest. Mm -hmm. Many of you are toiling. Many of you are struggling and your life isn't supposed to be that hard. Your life isn't supposed to be that complicated. What's the switch? I'm going to earnestly seek after God. When I find God, I'm going to find all the rest I need. I'm going to find all the wisdom I need. I'm going to find all of the solutions I need. But I have to make a decision to go after God. Mm. Yes, that's really good. Y'all need to type in the comment section. Say this. Say, God's covenant will always prevail. God's covenant will always prevail. And it prevails regardless to external circumstances. That's the reason why we need to be in the covenant. It says that when they they earnestly sought to God, they found him. It says then, it says, and, that's the connection, the Lord gave them rest from their enemies on every side. On every side. Because his covenant always prevails. And we see this in, in, in the Old Testament uh, when we start to look at Abraham. And we'll, 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 we'll look at some of this and then we can kind of end here today and pick up the rest of it the, the next week or so. But God said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, Verse one and verse two, he begins to speak to Abraham and he says, get thee out of thy country. He says, and from thy kindred, he says, and from thy father's house and go unto a land that I'm going to show you. He says, and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and I will make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. Now, that's a wonderful saying, right? That's that sounds awesome. That sounds great. But if you follow this story out, you find out that when Abraham obeyed God and Abraham did exactly this, yet we still see that when he when he obeyed God, he found himself in a famine. He found himself in a famine. The Bible says in Genesis 12, 9 through 10, it says, and then Abram continued traveling south by stages toward Negev. It says, and at that time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abram to go down to Egypt where he lived as a foreigner. Now, here's the thing. Think about this. Here's where most people miss it. They say, God told me to apply for that job. God gave me that job. God told me to move with that company to Minnesota. Now I'm in Minnesota and they done laid me off. How could God do me like that? But now, wait a minute. The same God who told you to apply, the same God who got you the job, the same God who told you to move. Now, because something bad happens, you think God has abandoned you. But Abraham knew God in a way that it didn't matter what was happening to him. He knew that even if he was in a famine and he had God, he still was going to be supplied. That's good. That's the difference between most believers. We only trust God when it's going good. So we don't actually trust God. We trust what's going good. We trust what's going good. How do we know? Because we see this in scripture. But But the Bible then says, in Genesis 13 and 2, but despite that famine, Abraham prevailed. Why did Abraham prevail? Because the covenant always prevails. Because the covenant worked in famine. Because the covenant is not subject to famine. It is not it subject, is not subject to, to lack. It is not subject to an economy. It is not subject to anything other than God's word. And God says, I ain't breaking my covenant. And I ain't going to pull back from the thing that I have said out of my mouth. So I don't care that a famine is in the land. Is my covenant there? But that's really good because a famine is just a variable. It's just a variable. Uh, so a famine's a variable. I'm a variable. 
other people are variable. But what's the, the constant? The, in the constant equation? is God. It's the covenant. The constant is God. And so what happens is, is that, and I, I think this is such an important It's a wonderful point. story if you follow through understanding this idea of, okay, what is Abraham operating in? Why is he prosperous when he goes down to Egypt? Why is he prosperous when they want to kill him? How did he actually end up coming out of Egypt with more than what he had when he went in? It's all about the covenant. It's all about the covenant because God is a covenant keeping God. So it's my responsibility to discipline myself that when things are looking crazy around me, gas prices going up, um, shrinkage is getting real. It looks like the job market is crazy. It is my responsibility to remember that I am in a covenant yes. with God yes. that is superior to all of that. And this is the thing. And this is where people mess up. One People believe that because they're walking with God, they should never have trouble. But we tell you all the time, just because you love God and because God loves you, doesn't mean you're going to be exempt from life's challenges. But people get offended they when they have trouble. They do. And when they get they get a and when they get offended with God when they have trouble. Let me tell you what the covenant did. Let me just say this in simple terms. In simple terms, in Genesis 12, 1 and 2. Abraham got an instruction to go to a place to leave everybody he knew, to leave everything he had, and to go to a place that God was going to show him. Was going to show him. Somewhere in the middle of chapter 12, we find out that when he was going there, a famine struck. And so he had to get a detour and he had to go live someplace that caused him to be a foreigner in a land. And then we read in, in chapter 13 that before the thing ended, he came up out of Egypt and was rich among all people there. God is able to take you from a place of not knowing where you're going to a place of, oh, my goodness, it's bad to bringing you out to I'm richer than everybody else. Why? Because his covenant always prevails. Because he's a covenant keeping. I need everybody to type that. Even the people we keep say, saying it. Even the people who somebody say that we, don't never, that we don't never come. You need to be like, somebody God is a covenant Keeping God. And it's so important that when you're in a season of famine, and I, I, I used to say this all the time. And I want to be very clear. I am saying prophetically, there are financial hard times on the horizon. But I'm also want to say to you prophetically, you don't have to suffer for them. But you will not be exempt if you are not tied into the covenant. If you are not tied into you got to be like Abraham. He was tied into the covenant. If Abraham is my spirit, is, 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 is one of my forefathers, Jacob is one of my four, Isaac is one, David, they all prosper because of God's covenant. And you can see it in scripture. The, the, the Bible even says it in, because we keep reading Genesis, right? You at 12 and 13, you get to 26. In Genesis 26 and 1, it says, and there was a famine in the land beside the, the first, first famine, famine that was in the days of who? Abraham. It says, so we ain't talking about that famine. Another one came. So then that tells me when I read my Bible, the economic uh, financial hardships are secular. They come. They come and go. They come and go. So just because times may have been good, it don't mean that hard times won't come. It says, but there was another one in the land when someone who was connected to Abraham showed up in the land. His name was Isaac. And then in verse 12 through 14 in Genesis 26, it says, and Isaac went unto uh, Amalek, the king of the Philistines, it says, and unto Gerar. It says, then Isaac, what did he do? He sold in that land. Why is that important? What land? 
He sold in the land that God told him to sow yes. in. Yes. And what did he do? He received in that same year what? Uh, a hundredfold. In a famine. In a famine. Because the covenant always prevails. Now, here's another thing. Now, here, here's another example. But he sold. But he sold. Here's another example. There's a woman who she's about to yep. she's about to make her last cake yep. and eat it and her and her son yep. and they go die. And a prophet shows up. Yep. He says, give me some water. She says, yes, I'll do that. He then says to her, make me a cake. She says, as the first, Lord living, first. I don't have no cake to make you. Me and my son, we're about to eat and die. He says, if you will do this, the Lord will sustain you. And that woman ends up being sustained in what? A famine. Yep. In a famine. Now you go on. There's another woman in a famine because a famine doesn't have to be just what's happening mm -hmm. for everybody. Mm -hmm. The famine can be what's happening for you personally. Absolutely. Another woman's in a famine because her husband has died. Yep. She goes to the prophet. The prophet says, pour the oil, pour the oil, pour the oil. Don't stop, pouring. don't stop pouring the oil and the oil will flow as long as there are vessels. Do you guys see that in every situation, God gave them an instruction and their victory came from keeping the instruction, not doing their own thing. The instruction was their covenant connector. The instruction was their covenant yep. connector. And when they obeyed, they had the entrustment release. But the story for everybody we just talked about, it would have ended differently if every one of them had said, I can't trust God. I'm going to do my own thing. Because the covenant in every one of those situations you just mentioned and the ones I was reading from Genesis, in every one of those, the covenant was always stronger than any climate or environment they found themselves. Who say that? The covenant, the covenant is stronger than any environment or climate you find yourself in. It's stronger. Yes. So we see examples in the word of God where people were connected to the covenant. And as a result, the weather changed. It's stronger than any environment. It's stronger than any climate you can find yourself in. But you have to obey the instructions of God because it is the covenant connector. God is always trying to connect us. He's always trying to keep us tethered. That's why the Bible, that's why Jesus says, listen, you got to abide in me. If you abide in me and I abide in him, it's like you being directly in him. You're connected to that covenant. How? Because I follow the instructions of the Lord. So I got to do what he's telling me to do. Now, this goes back to, I don't know if we're wrapping up now, but this goes back to the prophetic word that I gave last year, where I said that our prosperity was going to be tied to the seemingly insignificant instructions that God has given us. What is God telling you to do that you are either not doing or you are not doing consistently? Mm -hmm. He said, listen, I'm going to preserve you and I'm going to do it through some things that seem seemingly insignificant. Yep. Seemingly insignificant means this is one of the things I've learned from you. I have learned from you that when you set your day, you make a list of the things you want to do. Yep. But I have watched you. I have watched you be like, hear the Holy Spirit say, don't call that person right now. Get up and stop and walk away from that. What are the seemingly insignificant instructions that God is giving you that you are not following or for many of you, you aren't following consistently. Yep. You do it on Monday, but you don't do it on Tuesday. Why? Because you get distracted by what you see. People who live in the covenant must become singularly focused. And the only thing we look at is what God said. Mm, listen, there is no economic death and there is no economic crisis that can break the productivity of the covenant.
It just can't happen. When you follow the instructions of the Lord, the thing God has promised comes to pass because he's a covenant keeping God. Hosea 4 and 6 says it like this. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But the truth of the matter is, we know this, they're not destroyed for, for famine or for economic crisis or for money failures. That's not why people are destroyed. Why are they destroyed? For lack of knowledge. What knowledge? The knowledge to know that following God is always my best option. And if you read the rest of that verse, mm -hmm. it says because they rejected, rejected knowledge. Yeah, not, not that I didn't it. make yeah, knowledge yeah. available. It. It's because I came to give you truth and because the truth didn't make sense to you. Yeah. Because how many of you are willing to admit that there are times God tells you to do something and it doesn't make mm -hmm. sense? You're like, why would I do that like that? Why would I pay those bills like that? Why wouldn't I pay that off right mm -hmm. now? Why wouldn't I buy a car right now? Why wouldn't I sell my house right now? It doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. sense. It doesn't make and sense. so when something doesn't make sense to us, many times we throw down the goodness of God and we pick up our own plan. Now it goes back to what you said to mm -hmm. begin with, mm -hmm. that in the kingdom, whatever we own, God considers rebellion. Yep. So now when I get the job, when I get the house, when I get the car, when I get the loan outside of what he said, who's responsible for it? I am. I'm responsible yep. for it. I don't know about y'all. I am not grown enough to want to be responsible for my whole life. Yeah, no. And I know so many people, they can't wait to be grown. But I love one of the things that Chase and Caleb say. They routinely tell us probably once a week. <laughs> we want you to know that we grown, but we not that grown. Some of you, you're too grown for your own good. Mm -hmm. And you need to decide, I don't want to be that grown. Yeah. I do not want to be... I don't want to be responsible for making sure it's enough money in my account. I don't want to be responsible for finding all of my clients. I don't want to be responsible for, I'm not that, I love Chris put it in the comments. She says, I'm, I'm not that grown. Yeah. I want to be like Jesus. Jesus is the smartest person to ever walk the earth. Yeah. And Jesus says something real simple. I only do, I only do. I what only, I see I my, father do doing, my father doing yep. and I only say yep. what I hear my father saying. Right. In other words, Jesus said, as much as y'all look up to me, I am not that grown. Yep. I am not that grown. God is a covenant keeping God. He is not going to fail you. He is not going to abandon you. He is not going to reject you. And there are many of you now who are sitting there and yeah. you actually have financial yeah. gaps in your life. But angels are prepared to disperse yeah. if you would stop being so grown. Yeah. When Pastor Ellen and I were walking the other day, we were interceding on behalf of the people who hear and reject knowledge. Yeah. We were interceding that your hearts would not be so prideful and stubborn that you would be determined to do it your own way. Because if you go back to the three things that we're teaching, God wants to make you a light at this he time. Does. He wants to he make does. you a light this time. One of my good friends has a great testimony just the other day. She was about to run out of gas. And the Lord said to her, she was pulled up at a gas station about to get out and get gas. And the Lord said to her, I don't want you to go to this gas station. I want you to go to a gas station that was further up the road. She's like, do you see that we need gas? He's like, I need you to go to this gas station. So she keeps going to the gas yeah. station, right? She gets to the gas station. And when he said, he says to her, I need you to help them. That's the instruction that he gives her. She's on the phone with a friend. She tells that friend to hold on a second. She gets out and she pumps her gas. She's looking to see who God wants her to help. She's she, looking to follow instructions. She's looking to follow instructions. I like this. 
And so she says that she is looking around. And so she's looking to see who can pay for gas. Everybody seems to be paying for gas. And she says the Lord, the Lord shows her a man who is pumping gas. And she says she just feels like she's supposed to talk to him. And so she says to him, are you filling up your tank? Because she's thinking maybe he doesn't have the money to fill up his tank. Right. And he turns around and he says, I'll be out of your way in a minute. And she says, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out if you're filling up your tank or not. And he says, why? And she says, when he turns around and looks at her, the Lord tells her to tell him, the Lord told me you need help. Mm. She like, Sean, I feel crazy in a mug. I don't know this man from Adam. I'm at a station I don't usually go to. And he just told me to tell this man, the Lord told me you need help. She said, the man stopped pumping gas, turned around and said to her, who told you? She said, the Lord told me you need help. What do you need? She said at that moment, his girlfriend, wife, whatever, began to boo-hoo cry. He said, we just got evicted and we don't have a place to go. She said the Lord told her to go get money out of the ATM, a significant amount of money to give to them. And when she gave the money to the man that she said to the man, God told her to say, you thought I forgot you. I did not forget about you. She said the man was crying. The woman was crying and she said she just had to pull off and go in the parking lot and boo-hoo and cry because her willingness to obey God, her willingness to follow seemingly insignificant instructions about where she would get gas became the answer for somebody else. God is looking to do all of that in our lives. Because yeah. you look at that. What did he do? In that in that short encounter, he did those three things. He yes. literally established his covenant. Yes. He promoted his kingdom and he became a blessing to humanity through her. That 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 is that is the reason that he blessed her to be able to do that. She then partnered with God to be a blessing to that person. That is what we're talking about. When we talk about kingdom prosperity, yes, God wants us to be wealthy. But why does he want us to be wealthy? We can't lose track of the why. It's not just so we can stun on folk. It's not just so we can take vacations. We can have nice stuff. He doesn't care about all of that. He says, but will you be willing to do this? Help me establish my covenant. Will you help me promote my kingdom? And will you allow me to be a blessing to all of humanity through you? That's good. And if you would do those three things, I'm telling you, your life will take off in a way you've never seen it before. And you know what happened for her? She qualified for a promotion. Yep. She qualified for a promotion. Yep. Some of you need to qualify for a promotion today. Yep. There are things God has told you to do, things he's told you to give people he's told you to bless and you have been delayed. But if you make yourself a quick prompt to do giver, you will have everything you need because God is a covenant keeping God. And it reminds me of what you've told us forever. Man, there is no way you can be the water holes and not get wet. No way. There is no way. I love what Tamara said. Don't lose track of the why. Yep. And this is why I think it's so important when you talk about us being that when we try to own, we're rebels. Because when we increase, that's what he told them in the rest of Deuteronomy. Yep. Hey, he says, and when you live in these houses yep. and when you have all yep. of this lushness, yep. don't forget it was me mm -hmm. that gave it to you. Why? Because I'm going to need you to go to a gas station and pay somebody rent yes. so they, they can have yes. a place to stay. Yes. But if you think you own it, then you'll think it's debatable whether you do it or not. And if you if you think you're the owner of yourself, 
you think it's debatable when he tells you to go to a different gas station when you already had a gas station. That's why you can't own your own life. Because if you own your own life, it makes sense to you to get the gas where you are, not to drive somewhere else to a station you didn't go to. But what did God say? But what did God say? And I'm telling you, this morning we are passionate. We we are declaring. We were we were walking and interceding, walking and interceding. And I'm telling you, we are declaring. And I can't say, I can't I can't say everybody will obey. My hope is that everybody will obey. But there are some people who are hearing this word, who are making the commitment to obey God. And as a result, we are declaring over your life this morning that the covenant will prevail over your life, just like it did Abraham's life, just like it did Isaac's life, just like it did Jacob's life, just like it did the woman who had the, the, the meal and the oil, and just like it did for the woman who needed to pour the oil in order to save herself out of, out, of, out of debt. I'm telling you, whatever it is that God is instructing you to do, if you will be humble enough Ooh. to obey God, if you will just be humble enough to do the things God's asking you to do, to know he's only doing it because he's trying to connect you to that covenant so that he can be good to you so you can be good to others. If you would partner with God, I'm telling you, your whole life would change. And you mark my words for it. I don't say this as a scare tactic. I say it because I heard God. I heard God is clearly about with this as I've had about other things that I know he was right about. I am telling you there are economic times that are coming that are going to be difficult for the masses. And I'm telling you, you don't have to be subject to it. And not only do you not have to be subject to it, you can actually be a life jacket for those because God will help you. He will help them through you if you will obey God. That's, that's what Set I your future up. My prayer was, God, in these times that are coming, let me be the life jacket for some people. Position me so that I can help people who are in need. Why? So I can do those three things. So I can establish your covenant, God, so that I can help promote your kingdom and so that I can be a blessing to who, to humanity with you through me. Use me, God. Let me be the man. Let me be the man. And that's been my prayer. And so we'll, Let me I think we can stop with that. We today. can stop with this. I just want, I'm just curious. How many of you, as we were talking, you thought of unseemingly insignificant instruction that God had given you that you need to either act on or act on consistently. How many of you can see some things that God is telling you to do and you've treated them like maybe they weren't that really, really a big deal that there have been things and it could be Ralph says him, it could be something just as simple as I need you to clean out those clothes and give them to goodwill. Because you don't even realize that you got a suit that you're about to get rid of that a woman needs for an interview she's about to have. How many of you are sitting here saying there are some seemingly insignificant instructions that I have ignored? How many of you have the ability to get it done in the next 24 hours and you are willing to commit to do it? And I'm going to tell you, for, for a lot of people, the thing that's, that's getting them caught up right now is their 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 inability to move quickly. They don't move quick. You don't move quick enough. You you, you don't sow you don't sow moving quickly, and so you're not reaping 
moving quickly when you need something. You know, I've been hyper, as I, as you asked that question, I was thinking back, I've been hyper vigilant for about the last 60 days on this. Mm -hmm. So I've cleaned up a lot of stuff in my life that, 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 I, that I wasn't moving quick on. You know, there, there, there are some things, you know, even this week that God told me to sow into. And I remember thinking, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that. And I go, nope, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to do so it right I, now. I'll be literally walking with a bag, of, with, with, a, with, a, with a basket of laundry. I put the laundry down and go back and sow where God told me to sow. Why? Because I want to be a person who is quick to do what God's telling me to do. And I, I know there are some things coming on the horizon and I don't want my lack my, I don't want my lack of obeying God or my inability to obey him quickly to cause me to have to have any lack in my life or any lack in my life where I could be a blessing to somebody else. I love that. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, one of our covenant partners reached out and they needed help with their rent. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said to me, he said, um, I know the fellowship of champions could cover it, but I want you to pay it. Mm -hmm. He said, because you're believing me for a house. I need you to pay this rent. I was like, he was like, how, how I was like, how not, much do you want me to pay? Not fellowship of champions. Because I want if, you. If, if that if that particular blessing is to come, it's going to come on the one who sows the seed. Yes. So a fellowship of champion is sowing the seed. That's great. But if you're believing for a house, it ought to come from you. Well, you just help somebody. You just help somebody. Mm. And literally, he was like, I said, how much? He said, two months. Literally, before I could think about it, I was like, Go and pay your rent for the next two months. Yep. I think you're on to something. We're wrapping up here. We usually go 90 I don't minutes always anyway. Say this, but I'm on to something. You are on to something. Many of us, the challenge <laughs> is not that we don't hear. The challenge is that when we hear, we pause. Mm -hmm. When we hear, ooh, we ooh, ooh. why do we pause? If you if you watched on Wednesday night, I told you why you I told you why you hesitate. Why do you hesitate? Because you have fear. Once you have fear, it fear is an emotion. Then you get into worry. Worry is a state of being. When you worry, then you begin to doubt. Doubt becomes a state of being with action. When you have a state of being with action, that's why you pause. You're in fear, worry, and doubt. When you get rid of fear, worry, and doubt, you don't hesitate. And one of the ways that you get rid of fear is to move quickly. Yep. Is to move quickly. And I want to give somebody a clarification. Yeah, I if y'all didn't hear Wednesday, you ought to go back and listen to. No, <laughs> and I want y'all to hear this too because I need you to understand this. This is why stewardship matters so mm -hmm. much. Stewardship really matters because when God is training us, God will literally, there will be times, and I want y'all to hear this. There will be times that God will restrict you from giving to someone you know yep. to give to someone you don't know yep. because he is doing work that you don't understand. So literally, he may say to you, you cannot pay your brother's rent. That is not what I want you to do. And it will make totally, it don't make a lick of sense that he would then tell you to pay somebody's rent you don't know. But we need to understand. And when we have that ownership yeah. and when we don't have humility, yeah. then what we say is things like this. Well, why would I pay your rent when I wouldn't pay my brother yep. rent? Because I don't own none of this money. Yep. I just, All I'm of this student. money belongs to God. Yep. And I follow God's instructions. Yep. And let me tell you something. Many of us, you become God to your family mm -hmm. members. And so your family members, they don't have to participate in what God is doing because you keep rescuing them. And then you feel stressed out and worn out for rescuing them. And God never told you to do that. Yep. One of the things that we learn to do before we do things for people, particularly when it comes to rent, car notes and things like that, we always ask God, what do you want us yeah. to do? 
because there are times that people, everybody needs help sometimes. Put this in the comments. Yeah. Everybody needs help sometimes. Yeah. But there are cycles that people are not breaking because other people keep rescuing them. Yeah. And the Lord told me this one time. He said, do not make me dry up your flow because you interfere where I told you not to interfere. He said, do not make, I want to be able to, I want you to be blessed and I want you to be a blessing. Do not make me dry up your flow, touching things I told you not to touch because ultimately I'm God. You are not God. And that's why those four words are so important to us. What did God say? What did God say? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what God said. And you feel about it however you feel about it. But I'm going to get caught being obedient to God. And I'm practicing the, the, the quickness to which I do it. The quickness. We. I want everybody to put this in the comments. Say, I obey God with a quickness. I obey God with, a, with the quickness. I obey God with a quickness. Yes. I obey God with a quickness. I do what he tells me to do. Amen. Listen, we're going to go. We're going to get out of this here. This so good. Listen, you want to come back next week because next week we're going to talk about how you step into this realm of prosperity in the financial realm. Today, we just wanted to kind of lay this foundation for you about understanding what prosperity is. Next, we will get into an area of prosperity that has to do with finances because I believe it's important because of what I believe the Lord told me is coming. I need the people to know what do I need to do so that I am prosperous even in times that aren't prosperous? Because again, the covenant is always stronger than any climate or environment we find ourselves in. God is a covenant keeping God and the covenant always prevails. And so we want to make sure that you come back and tune in next week so that we can talk to you about exactly what that looks like. It looks like a little bit of like what Isaac did. It said he sowed in that year. And it's important that that you obey God and you sow when and where God told you to sow. Amen. God has provision for you. And literally God wants to break every form of financial struggle off of your life, but it's going to take your obedience. And And I like what you said about that. You said that the best way to break fear off your life is to obey quickly. It's to obey quickly. Because when you don't, fear turns to worry. Worry turns to doubt. And then when doubt is there, anytime God is saying something, you're questioning, you're hesitating, you're pausing. And so, you know, whatever it is that God is telling you to do, man, do it. Do it now. Do it before your mind has a chance to catch up. I'm serious. If you have clothes that God told you to get rid of, pack them clothes up today. Or if God told you to be a tither, start today. Start today. If God told you to eat healthy, start today. Start today. Start today. Because so many of us are suffering from our own pride and lack of humility. It's not the devil. It's our own pride. It's our own lack of humility. Yep. It's our own thinking. We know the best yes. way to go. Absolutely. Start, today. start today. If you haven't been reading your Bible, start today. Start today. If you haven't been guarding your mouth, start today. Start today. Start today. And I'm going to release that word again. Those of you who are looking for a house, you ought to be out riding today. Mm-hmm. It's open houses today. You ought to let the Lord show you where you're going and what you need to be doing. And I'm going to remind you, if you go to a house and you see something that's out of your price range, don't be like, oh, I ain't never going to be able to afford this. You look at that thing and you speak to it and you say, you know what? I'll be back. Because I'll be even back. if you're not back for that specific one, you back, you back for what it represents. I'll be back. I'll, I'll be, be back. back. If you, if, 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 listen, it don't cost you nothing to test drive a car. If you're believing God for a car, the kind of car you want, go test drive it today. 
You, they're going to try to sell you a car. That's their job. You simply go test drive it. And when you get through, you walk back to your car, turn around and look at it and tell it. I'll be back. I want to tell y'all this. We're getting ready to give, put the give scripture up, but I want to tell y'all this. Let me tell you how much God cares about every area of your life. Do you know that God even has vacations prepared for you? Uh-huh. God even has vacations prepared for you. Like and because that. he's a covenant keeping God, mm-hmm. this is what's so wonderful. The places that God wants to send you to this year are not just for you. It's because he has people. We went out to eat yep. on Sunday. Yep. And when we went out to eat, as soon as the server walked up, before he said a word, the Lord said, I want you to bless him big yep. today. I want you to bless him big today. So we know the whole time that we're there, we think we we think we and just. It wasn't, we didn't care what his service was like because God had already spoke. Now, he had great service. Now, now, did somebody just get free from that? Because you need to hear that. God told us when we walked in. That was, when we saw he was our servant, he said, I, I want you to bless him big. Bless him big. He didn't say bless him big if he's good. He said he bless said, him big. So, so at that point, it was already decided he was going to get a great tip from us regardless of his service. If the because, pool had been nasty. Because we were all there to obey God. We were there to now, obey God. he did God. great. He did great. He did great. But the reason I want y'all to understand that God has vacations for you is because many of you don't realize this. You're an ambassador in the kingdom of heaven. When God sends you on vacation, he pays for it. Yeah. When God sends you on vacation, he pays for it. So you still think you saved the money. You think you earned it. You think you worked for it. You think it's yours. It's not. God sent you on vacation. Is this helping anybody? You need to ask God this. What do you want me to drive? Where do you want me to live? Mm -hmm. Where do you want me to vacation? Because wherever God wants you, not only is he sending you there to bless someone, but he is also sending you there because your provision is yep. there. And literally, you need to start asking, where do you want me? Where do you mm-hmm. want me? Wh- which Walmart do you want me to go to? Which Target do yes. you want me to go to? Where yes. do you want me to get gas? Yes. Because when God yes. sends you on vacation, yes. see, listen, because God likes to bless people. Yes. God likes to surprise people. Yes. So what we found is that anytime that God has found out he can trust the Stricklands, that if he tells us to go to a restaurant and bless somebody big, oh baby, we gonna bless them big. Why? We don't even wait on them to see it. That ain't our business. Mm-hmm. Our job is to drop what he said, let God be God, and move on to the next assignment. Many of us were too attached to the outcome, and so we miss what God is saying. Ooh, we, you too, too attached, attached to the outcome. outcome. When we go on vacation, we want to know what hotel do you want us to stay in? Yeah. We want to know what restaurant do God, we want to eat at this restaurant. Which day should we eat there? Why? Because we believe that God is setting us up every single place that we go to be a demonstration of his goodness and to receive mm-hmm. his goodness. Listen, I want to prophesy to you. Somebody's going to go in the next year. Somebody's going to go on the best vacation of their life because they ask God where to go. Did you raise your hand? You need to sow a seed into me, then. You do. <laughs> now, I ain't talking to y'all. You, because I said it to you. Listen. Amen. I you need, that. You're going to go on the best vacation of your life because you're going to ask God, where does he want to send you? Now, let me tell you something. And that's the reason when you go on vacation, some of y'all ain't going to like this. That's the reason when you go on vacation, you can't be turning up and acting a fool. Because God sends you on vacation to have a good time, but to be a blessing. But you done got drunk and fell in the pool and missed the people that you were supposed to be a blessing to. Mm. Or you done got so drunk that you didn't get up and go to breakfast for the lady who need to pay her rent. Mm, you done missed it. You done missed the moment. Can you be trusted? Can you be trusted? That's All right, I mean. listen, it's your time to give. 
we believe for something supernatural over Amen. your seed. Amen. Listen, I want you, when you sow today, I want you to sow with covenant in mind. Amen. That God is a covenant-keeping God, and you are committing to his covenant. So we're going to make our day, our faith confession that we make over the offering um, because we believe that something supernatural happens. And we love when people give us the testimonies Amen. of the things that are happening to them. So you can give through Givelify, Push Pay, Tidally, Text to Give. You can give it. PayPal, FOC Church, NWA at Gmail, right? But listen, we're going to make our confession and we want you to repeat after me today. I will. All right. So we ready. Dear Heavenly Father, dear Heavenly Father, as disciples of the living God, as disciples of the living God, we honor you today. We honor you today by giving our tithes, by giving our tithes, offerings, our offerings and gifts and our gifts to be used to be used in fulfilling of the Great Commission. Feeling of the Great Commission. In return, in return of our cheerful obedience, of our cheerful obedience, we are believing you we for. We are believing you for jobs, jobs, and better jobs, and better jobs, raises, raises, and bonuses, and bonuses, benefits, benefits, sales, sales, and commissions, and commissions, favorable settlements, favorable settlements, estates and inheritance, estates and inheritance, interest and income, interest and income, rebates and returns, rebates and returns, big checks in the mail, big checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, gifts and surprises. Finding money, finding money, debts paid off, debts paid off, expenses decrease, expenses decrease, blessing and increase, blessings and increase. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. That as we join, that as we join, our value system, our to yours, value system to yours. You shower us. You will shower favor. You shower. You will shower favor. My bad. You will shower favor. You're supposed to be following me. So <laughs> I'm so sorry. Even, even if I mess up, you're supposed to follow me. My bad. Come All on. right. You will shower favor. <laughs> you will shower favor. <laughs> Blessings, Blessings increase
um, well, a couple weeks or whatever it's going to do, it's going to close. So go ahead and register if you're coming. I don't want to take for granted. <laughs> if you're not saved, you need to give your life Amen. to Jesus because none of this stuff works That's unless right. you're saved. That's right. What good does it do to gain the whole world and lose your soul? If you're in a backslidden state, could you come home? Listen, over here at home, we got good food. We got a table spread. We got all of this the stuff. Feast of the, Lord the feast of the Lord on. going on. You out there eating them scraps and begging. Could you come home? You're not even supposed to live like that. Come home. So if you want to give your life to Jesus or you want to or you want to rededicate your life to the Lord or you want to become a covenant partner, you can reach out in messenger yep. and you can say, that's what I want to do today because we want you to come home. We want everybody to get this goodness because yep. God got enough goodness for everybody. So come home. All right. We love y'all. Love you guys. Take care. Bye-bye.